0: Be able to learn something from it. We love you, Lord, so much. And your precious name, my pray. Amen. Alright, so we're in John chapter number 2 there. Uh, look at verse 12, just for introduction, 12 and 13. The Bible says, And after this, he, referring to Jesus, went down to Capernaum, he and his mother, and his brethren, and his disciples, and they continued there not many days. And the Jews' Passover was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. So, Jesus was traveling with His mother, with His brethren, His disciples, and He went to Capernaum. The Bible says He wasn't there very long, and He went to Jerusalem for the Passover. And uh, this portion of Scripture, you I, I don't know if you realized it. I i know I didn't realize it when I read it the first few times I read through in the Bible. But um, the, the, the verses we read have... All to do. There's really three separate kind of events that we see. But they all have to do with this. The house of God. And I want to just look at that tonight. And maybe we can learn something from it. And uh, let's see what we can learn from the Bible. So point number one. Look at verse 14. John chapter number 2. And look at verse 14. The Bible says, And found in the temple. It's talking about Jesus. says, He found in the temple those that sold oxen and sheep and doves and the changers of money sitting... And uh, look at verse 16. And said unto them that sold doves take these things hence make not my father's house and house of merchandise. Point number one is this. Make not my father's house and house of merchandise. These people were selling in the temple. uh, They were using the temple to make a monetary profit. If you see there, I just want you to see these in verse 14 and 16 again. It says, and he found in the temple. So they were inside the temple. Those that, that word says, it says sold. Those that sold oxen and sheep and doves and the changers of money sitting. So the Bible says these words, sold changers of money. Verse 16, he says, um, he said unto them that sold doves. Take these things hence, make not my father's house and house of merchandise. So these people were selling in the temple. They were using the temple or the house of God to make a monetary profit. Now I want you to look at this. Jesus' reaction to people selling in the temple. Look at verse 15. John chapter number 2 and look at verse 15. It says, And when he had made a scourge of small cords. Do you know what a scourge of small cords is? A scourge of small cords is a whip. Made of multiple cords. So it's like if Jesus took a whip that was small. I, I don't know exactly how small. But, but a few multiple whips. And He joined them together. And He, he made that scourge of small cords. And look what the Bible says. And when He had made a scourge of small cords. He, talking about Jesus. Drove them all out of the temple and the sheep and the oxen and poured out the changers' money and overthrew the table. So so number one, what we can learn about this is when Jesus Christ went to the house of God and He saw people selling and making money, the Bible says it made Him mad. Now, today we might have a different idea of Jesus Christ. We don't really think of Jesus Christ as somebody who gets mad. We don't think of Jesus Christ as somebody who just... But I mean, if you read the passage, if you just really try to understand what's going on, Jesus just... Through a fit, is what the Bible says. I mean, can you imagine Jesus Christ, I mean, God Almighty, walking into the temple. The Bible says that, I mean, I could imagine this. As he watched these people, he just walks into the house of God, and he's watching these people. They've got doves, they've got um, different types of, uh, of cattle there, and different types. And, and he's watching people just sell, and money be uh, passed from one hand to another. <coughs> and um, the the point, you have, you have to understand this. They were supposed to bring their offering to... The, to Church they were supposed to already have chosen the, like the first fruits of their flock or, or the or whatever the offering was that they were doing at the temple they were supposed to bring that from their house, but see, these people were just going through the motions of church they were just going through the motions they went to the temple they didn 't want to be bothered with having to choose out their own things, so they would just go to the church they purchase whatever they could find there, and then they 'd make their sacrifice and as Jesus Christ, just imagine Jesus walking into church, and this is different than the Jesus that. Television will tell you about, or the movies will tell you about, or other churches will tell you about. Because just imagine Jesus walking through church is just getting enraged. Just getting so angry that he would literally take the time to make a scourge of small cords. I mean, you got to think about this. I don't know, other than Moses who walks around with weapons, I don't know of anybody who just walks around with a scourge of small cords, right? So when he walked into the, to the house and he got angry, he had to think of what he was going to do. He had to go find whips. He had to, you know, take the time, probably sit down just as he's getting angry, just sit down and take the time to... Uh, Either, I don't know how he did it, maybe he like broided them together, or he knit them together, or he found some tape, or he found something to kind of wrap them up, and he's just sitting, I can just imagine Jesus Christ sitting in this chair, and this is how I envision it when I read this passage, I envision Jesus walks in to the church, everybody's doing their thing, there's all this commotion, he, he walks around, he kind of takes a look, he, he finds a chair, he sits in it, he grabs the things he needs to, and as they're all just doing their own thing, he's just sitting in a chair, this is how I imagine Jesus Christ, he's just sitting in a chair, and he's just building this small scourge of small courts. And he's just, people are just doing whatever, nobody's really noticing. And as soon as he's done, I just imagine him just jumping up and getting angry. And this is what the Bible says. He took the tables and he turned them over. And he took the, this is what the Bible says. He took money and he just threw it on the ground. And he took his scourge and he started whipping people. This is what the Bible says. He started whipping people and he started whipping cattle. And he started doing this till they all left. I mean, did, did you see that? Look what it says, John 2.15. And when he had made a scourge of small cords, he drove them all out of the temple, and the sheep and the oxen, and poured out the changers' money and overthrew the tables. I mean, he just threw a fit. Can you imagine doing that in church? Don't do that here, because that'll just make me mad. But, I mean, could you imagine just Jesus Christ just grabbing chairs and just throwing them, just grabbing tables and just throwing them, just grabbing money, and just, could you imagine the commotion in this big uh, congregation with all these people, just grabbing all sorts of money, just throwing it in the ground, and just grabbing weapons and just whipping people and hitting people, till He drove them all out? That's not the Jesus that we hear about a lot, is it? But Jesus was mad, That's what the Bible says. And look what it says in, in verse 17, John 2:17. Because His disciples are watching this. They're watching this fiasco. I mean, they're watching just Jesus Christ just going insane. And this is what it says in John chapter two seventeen. It says, And His disciples remembered that it was written. And look what it says. The zeal of thine house hath eaten me up. I want you to remember that word, zeal of thine house. That means God was just overtaken with what was going on in the house, the Bible says that the zeal of thine house had eaten me up. That word zeal, uh, I, I didn't get the definition for you, I should have, but that word zeal is talking about just this incredible emotion, in this case, anger. And the Bible says it just ate him up, it just overtook him, it overwhelmed him to work. He couldn't even control himself, he just started destroying and causing chaos. And this was Jesus Christ. And he did not allow it. He did not allow people to sell in the house of God. The Bible says He drove them all out of the temple. The Bible says He yelled at them. He said, take these things hence. He said, make not my father's house and house of merchandise. So what can we learn from this? Well, we're going to talk about this a little more about the zeal part. But I want you to learn this. Today, it should make us mad when people use God's house, which is the church, to make money. I'll prove to you here in a little bit that the church is the house of God, but but uh, it should make us mad. And if if you ever, uh, hopefully you never do this, but if you ever do, uh, watch like a televangelist, or you go on, you know, on television, or you go on the internet, and, and just Google like a televangelist, a televangelist is the preachers on TV that they're they're preaching and they're just on television. Here's what they always do: they're selling something, they're selling books, they're selling preaching CDs, they're selling uh, hankies that they that they got their sweat on. Can you imagine that? If I just got all my sweat on this and then I sold it to somebody because I lied to them and told them that there's some power in my physical pers- preparation or I don't know in my sweat but they sell all these things and, and here's why they do it they do it to sell money they, they do it to make money uh, but not just televangelists churches today I, there's probably very few churches in America today including independent and fundamental Baptist churches who don't have a, a Christian bookstore that you can go in and you can buy, purchase a book, or you can purchase a preaching city, or you can purchase whatever. And look, the Bible says. I've heard of mega churches. I've heard of independent fundamental Baptist churches that we consider mega churches because they run like two thousand, or three thousand, or four thousand. That have a Starbucks inside of their church building, and they're making money. They're selling coffee, and they're and they're making money. And look, that that shouldn't be allowed. The Bible says that God, when Jesus Christ saw people selling and making a profit. He said, make not my father's house in house of merchandise. He said, don't sell anything in my church. So what, what do we learn from that? Well, we learned this. At Verity Baptist Church, we do not sell anything. Ever. We have no bookstore. And we never will have a bookstore. We do not sell preaching CDs. Because we don't have any preaching CDs. But one of these days when we make preaching CDs, they will be free. And uh, one of these days we're, we're going to make preaching CDs. We're gonna, we have to get to that on our to-do list. But um, we don't charge for any activities. If we ever have ladies activities in the future when we have some activities for guys, if we have anything, everything is going to be free. And we do that because that's the right way to do it. Because Jesus Christ said, make not my father's house an a house of merchandise. But also think about this. Don't come to church to sell to other people. Don't come to church to sell to other people. I remember uh, we we used to have neighbors. Michelle might remember, it, remember this. Um, but we used to have neighbors who uh, lived next door to us. And the guy, he, he worked at Amtrak. He was a... A, uh, I forget what they're called The the guy who drives the train or whatever And uh, he did that for years And I remember we invited him to church We tried to give him the gospel we Invited him to church he, They never were interested Never wanted anything to do with church Didn't want anything to do with God And then one day, all of a sudden I remember they came to our house They knocked the door And they said, we want to go to church with you on Sunday morning And we're like, Wow Maybe the Spirit of God fell on them or something, you know, and they're just like they want to come to church with us on Sunday morning. And they got saved, and they I think they even got baptized. They started coming every Sunday morning, and uh, they I remember we were we at that time we we're having a church directory and taking pictures and putting in the directory, and they had their picture taken like they were members of the church, and and I was really surprised, like man, these people, you know, they must have just been after years of just seeing our lives, right? <laughs> you know, they just finally decided they want God. and and then and then eventually found out that he. got on fire from his job at Amtrak, and he was starting a real estate business, and he needed contacts. So he was coming to church to do what? To find people to sell. And that's wrong. We should not, you know, and people do that all the time. Women, they don't want anything to do church, but they start selling Avon, they start selling Mary Kay, they start in their pyramid scheme, and they want to go to church because they need to find people to sell to. Let me tell you something, that is wrong. And if you want to see Pastor Jimenez just get mad and just like start throwing chairs, and hitting people with a whip, you come to our church and try to sell something, and, and uh, we're going to react like Jesus Christ, because the house of God should not be the house, uh, should not be, Jesus Christ said, make not my father's house, and house of merchandise, so, what can we learn from that, we should not sell anything, unless you want me to hit you with a whip, and overthrow the temple, so those little candy bars, no I'm kidding, I'm just kidding, no that, that's fine, so, okay, So number two, what is the house of God? Let's learn something. What is the house of God? Look at verse 14. John chapter number two and look at verse 14. The Bible says, And found in the temple, so I want you to notice that word temple, John two fourteen and found in the temple those that sold oxen and sheep and doves and changers of money sitting and when they had made a scourge and when he had made a scourge of small cords he drove them all out of the temple so they're in the temple and the sheep and the oxen and poured out the changers of money and overthrew the tables and said unto them that sold doves take these things hence and Lord he says make not my father's house a house of merchandise so Jesus Christ Bible makes it very clear in verse fourteen and fifteen that they were in the temple, but in verse 16, when Jesus Christ drove them out, He referred to it as His Father's house. So, what is the house of God, or what is the Father's house? The house of God is the temple. The temple is the house of God. That's very clear from Scripture. But now I want you to see this. Look at verse 18. John chapter number 2, and look at verse 18. I want to make sure that I'm... So we see there that He drove them out. Look at, actually, look at verse 15. His disciples remembered that it was written, The zeal of thine house hath eaten me up. Look at verse 18. Then answered the Jews and said unto Him, What sign showest thou unto us, seeing that thou doest these things? So, so, so they. He just, remember, He just got done just going insane. He just got done just... Throwing tables, throwing money, whipping people, driving them out, yelling at people—he just did all that. So they're as they're leaving the temple, these Jews come up to him and they're like, "What sign showest thou unto us that thou doest these things?" So they're saying, "Like, who do you think you are? Like, what authority do you have to do all to to perform all this chaos?" Verse nineteen. Jesus answered it and said unto them, Look what he says? Destroy this temple, and in three days will I raise it up." So they said. What makes you think you have the right to walk into the temple and just start going crazy and start whipping people and start making demands and getting all angry? And he says, and he says, here's here's my authority, here's my reasoning. And he says, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. Look at verse twenty. Then said the Jews, forty and six years was this temple in building, and wilt thou rear it up in three days? So he's saying, this temple, this building, it took. Forty and six years. He said it took forty-six years for them to build this temple. And you think if we destroy it that you're gonna uh, rear it back up, you're gonna build it back up in three days? Look at verse twenty-one. But he spake of the temple of his body. When therefore he was risen from the dead, his disciples remembered that he said that he said this unto them, and they believed the scriptures and 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 the word which Jesus had said. So, he said, destroy this temple in three days and I'll build it back up. And they said, you're crazy. It took 46 years to build this temple. And they didn't understand that he was talking about his body. Now, for the first time, Jesus Christ teaches this doctrine. And this is why they didn't understand it. But I want you to take your Bibles and go to 1 Corinthians. If you're in John, you're going to go to uh, John, Acts, Romans, and then to the book of 1 Corinthians. And go to 1 Corinthians chapter number 3 1st Corinthians chapter number 3 and look at verse 16 1st Corinthians chapter number 3 and look at verse 16 today Jesus Christ for the first time teaches this doctrine that the temple can be a physical body now look at 1st Corinthians 3.16 it says know ye not Ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. See, today, the believer's body is also, like Jesus Christ's human body, is also the temple or the house of God. Jesus Christ is saying, I am the temple of God. My body is the temple of God. But today, not only Jesus Christ's physical body is the temple of God, today also every believer's body is the temple of Christ. Let me read it for you again. 1 Corinthians 3.16 Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? So according to the Bible, the Spirit of God dwells in us. In the Old Testament, the temple was a building. Does that make sense? In the Old Testament, the temple was a building. And the Bible says that the Spirit of God uh, was in that building, and, and God dwelled in that, in that building. And you can find that in the Old Testament when God came down and all that. But um, in the Old Testament, the temple was a building. In the New Testament, the temple is our bodies. Because Jesus Christ, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit, when you get saved, comes to live in your body. And there's a whole doctrine there that I can go into. I won't go into that, except for this. Don't let some Pentecostal lie to you and tell you that you don't get the Holy Spirit of God when you first get saved. When you get saved, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit of God comes to dwell inside of you. And the Holy Spirit of God is God. It's part of the Trinity. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. These three are one. So, it's part of the Trinity. uh, The Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. These three are one. And um, So, the Holy Spirit is God. And the Bible says that the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of us. Now look at verse 17 in 1 Corinthians chapter number 3. 1 Corinthians chapter number 3. Look at verse 17. If any man defile the temple of God... Him shall God destroy, for the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. Now God is trying to teach this 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 uh, this lesson, and we don't have time to go to Leviticus. But God had very specific plans of what you were allowed and not allowed to do in the temple. He said the temple of God is holy. He had a certain standard for what was allowed. Certain people weren't allowed in the temple. Certain uh, drinks like alcohol weren't allowed in the temple. I mean, you couldn't go into the temple dirty. You couldn't go into the temple uh, with sin. You had to be a specific person to be able to go into the temple. There was very specific rules for the temple. And in the New Testament, 1 Corinthians 3, seventeen it says, If any man defile the temple, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy. And he said, And then he says, Remember, the temple of God is holy. Which temple ye are? Look at verse 19. First Cor- no. Go to 1 Corinthians 6, chapter number 6, and look at verse 19. 1 Corinthians chapter number 6, and Verse 19. I want you to, to get this. I want you to learn this. First Corinthians chapter number 6 and verse 19. And I want to apply this to, to our lives, but First Corinthians chapter number 6 and verse 19, the Bible says, What? Know ye not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Yeah, Moses, let's sit up, alright? So mommy doesn't have the zeal of God invested in her, alright? right? First Corinthians 6.20 Learn this. I want you to learn this. The Bible says that your body is the temple of God. The Bible says when you get saved, which I think everybody here is saved, the Holy Spirit of God comes to live inside of you. You know what that means? God is with you everywhere you go. Did you know that? God is with you everywhere you go. Moses, wake up. Because I know as soon as church just over, you're going to be running around and you're not going to be taking a nap. You need to learn this. God is with you everywhere you go. When you go to school, God is with you. When you go home, God is with you. When you go to church, God is with you. Anywhere you go, you're with your daddy, you're with mommy, uh, I'm at work, uh, I'm with friends, I'm with relatives, I'm somewhere where my mom and dad aren't, I'm somewhere where, where uh, my wife isn't, or maybe I'm somewhere where my husband isn't, it doesn't matter, the Bible says that God, the Holy Spirit of God is with you, now, the Bible says this, there's many verses in the Bible that talk about this, uh, quench not the Spirit of God, or grieve not the Spirit of God, um, uh, I, don't, I don't have them written down so I can't, I can't think of exactly where they're at right now, but the Bible talks about us, grieving the Holy Spirit because of what we do. And keep this in mind. When someone, when no one is with you, that is your authority, when no one is with you, and you have a temptation to do something wrong, or you have the temptation to maybe look at something bad, or, or think of something bad, or say something bad, remember this, the Holy Spirit of God is with you. All the time. So anything you do, God knows. Every time you sit down in front of television and you watch something that you know you shouldn't be watching or you're listening to something you know you shouldn't be listening to or you're uh, thinking about something God... Here's the thing. You're making God watch that. Have you thought about that? The Holy Spirit of God. If I sit down in front of television and I watch something I know God doesn't want me to watch I'm forcing God to watch that. Because He's inside my body. I am His temple. Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? Which is in you... Which ye have of God, and ye are not your own, for ye are bought with a price. You are not your own. Listen, you do not belong to you. You belong to God all the time. Oh, just at church? No, all the time. And he says, therefore glorify God in your body. So wherever you're at. I I really like that song that we were singing. He hideth my soul in the cleft of the rock, because God is with me all the time. So, you, you may feel, you, you say, man, I, I'm going through something right now, and I feel scared, I don't want to do that, I don't want to go there. God's always with you. God's, God's with me. And your temple is the house of God. Your temple is the Spirit of God. And you always have God with you. You say, I feel so alone if I, if I have to do this. You don't have to feel alone, because God is always with you. And that's a, great, that's a great truth to learn from the Bible. Remember that. God is always with you. That's a good thing and a bad thing. It's a good thing because you always have someone with you. You always have a friend with you. You always have someone you can talk to. You always have someone you can go to. If if people don't ignore you, or people don't like you, or people talk bad about you, or people, whatever, God's always with you. But at the same time, when you're doing something wrong, you've got to remember God's with you. And God watches what you're doing, and you can grieve the Holy Spirit because He's inside your body. So, what is church? Let's talk about that. What is church? The church is the gathering of believers. The church is a gathering of believers, or the gathering of people who are saved. Let me give you some examples. You don't have to turn there if you don't want to. I'll just read them to you real quick. Psalms 22, 22 says this, I will declare thy name unto my brethren in the midst of the congregation. I want you to remember that word. He says, in the midst of the congregation will I praise thee. Now, keep in mind that. I know I didn't have you to turn there, but just keep that in mind. The Bible says in Psalms 22.22, In the midst of the congregation will I praise thee. Hebrews 12.12 says, Saying, I will declare thy name unto my brethren. And he quotes the Old Testament. He says, In the midst of the church will I sing praise unto thee. So God uses the same line, the same phrase in Psalm 22-22 and Hebrews 21-22. In the Old Testament he says, In the midst of the congregation will I praise thee. And the New Testament he says, In the midst of the church will I sing praise unto thee. So according to the Bible, church, the word church and the word congregation are the same word. God uses them. He interchanges them. They're the same word. Does that make sense? Um, I had... Other example here. Let me just read it for you so we can go through it quickly. Acts 7.37 says, uh, This is that Moses which said unto the children of Israel, A prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto uh, your brethren like unto me. Him shall ye hear. This is he that was in the church in the wilderness. So God referring to the children of Israel in the wilderness, He calls them the church in the wilderness, with the angel which spake to him in, the, in Mount Sinai, and with our fathers who received the lively oracles, uh, to give unto us. So God referred to the children of Israel in the Old Testament as the church in the wilderness and you can find many, many times in the Old Testament I won't take the time to do it right now but when God refers to the children of Israel as the congregation. So the word congregation the word church mean the exact same thing. So the church is the house of God. So now, so we're learning this. The temple is the house of God. Your body is the temple which your body is the house of God. But the church is the house of God. Go to this verse. I want you to see this. First Timothy First Timothy in the Old Testament and the New Testament. I'm sorry, First Timothy chapter number three. 1 Timothy chapter number three. And look at verse fourteen. First Timothy chapter number three. And look at verse fourteen. The Bible says this: These things write I unto thee, hoping to come unto thee shortly. But if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself. In the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of truth. So, according to 1 Timothy 3.15, the house of God is the church of the living God. So you always got to remember this. Church is not a building. Okay? You say, we're we're meeting in a house, that's kind of weird. It's not weird. Because this house isn't church. The walls aren't church. The roof isn't church. Church is the people. It's the believer. Does that make sense? Church is the congregation. So when we gather together, we're having church. One day we may have a building that's our church house. It's where we house the church. But we're the church. The people are the church. Uh, So let's just go back to John chapter number 2. And let's go through just this last point real quickly. uh, And then we'll get into the conclusion. But John chapter number 2. John chapter number 2. I want you to look at something in John chapter number 2. Look at verse 23. John chapter number 2, and look at verse 23. The Bible says, Now when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover, in the feast days, many believed in his name. And when they saw the miracles, which he did. So the Bible says that many believed. Now that means they're saved. If someone believes in Jesus Christ, they're saved. That's what the Bible says. So many people were saved. Many believed, right? Look at verse 24. But Jesus did not commit himself unto them. Because He knew all men. And He did not that any should testify of man. For He knew what was in man. So the Bible says that many believed. But of those believers, the Bible says that Jesus did not commit Himself unto them. You know what that word commit means? It means to entrust, to give trust, or to have confidence in. Let me give you a few examples. Uh, well, just turn here. Go to Psalms. Psalms 10. It's right in the center of your Bible, Psalm 10, and look at verse 14. Psalm 10, look at verse 14. The Bible says, Thou hast hast seen it, for thou beholdest mischief and spite, to requite it with thy hand. The poor committeth himself unto thee. Thou art the helper of the Father. So you see there, Bible says that the poor committed themselves unto thee. They're saying that the poor is trusting in thee, or the poor is having their confidence in thee. Does that make sense? I just want to show you uh, an example of that. Another example you don't have to turn there. Second Corinthians five nineteen says, To wait that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and have committed unto us the word of reconciliation. The Bible says that God has committed, or has entrusted, or has given his confidence in us the ministry or the, the word of reconciliation. So the soul winning. God entrusted that to us. So that word commit means to trust somebody. And the Bible says that in John two that many believed they were saved, but God didn't. But Jesus Christ did not commit Himself unto them. He didn't entrust Himself with them. He didn't give His trust to them. He didn't give His confidence to them. He's saying, "Why are you saying this?" Well, here's, here's why. The Bible commands us to trust in God. Let me read for you a few verses. Psalms thirty-seven three says, "Trust in God," or I'm sorry, "Trust in the Lord." and do good so shalt thou dwell in the land and verily thou shalt be fed delight thyself also in the Lord and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart commit thy ways unto the Lord trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass so you see how God uses the word trust commit, trust because it's the same word Psalms 3.5 says trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding in all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths so God tells us to trust in the Lord but the Bible never commands us to put our trust in man. And that's why the Bible says many believe, but, God did, but Jesus Christ did not commit himself to them. The Bible never once commands you to put your trust in a person. That means don't trust people you barely know, even if they come to church. Don't trust people with anything. With, with our kids. You know, my, my wife and I. We don't just let any person who comes to church just babysit our kids. We have certain people that we allow to watch our kids like family that I've known my entire life. That I grew up with or my wife grew up with and we know that they didn't do anything bad to us. Does that make sense? So, only trust, don't just trust people. If they come to church, don't just trust people. Don't just decide you're going to trust anybody. In school you say, well, this is my very best bestest, best friend that I have this week because next week you'll have another bestest, bestest, best friend. Don't just decide I have so much trust in this person whatever they want me to do I'm going to do whatever they want me to go I'm going to go or or co-workers friends I mean I'm not talking about just little kids us as adults we shouldn't put our trust in people you shouldn't say oh um, Pastor Jimenez I have so much confidence and so much trust in you that if I were to fail that if I were to sin that if my life were to be destroyed for sin that it would cause you to stumble it shouldn't be that way you shouldn't put so much trust in a person your trust should be in God And the Bible says that even though Jesus Christ was preaching and even though they believed and Jesus Christ knew they believed and Jesus Christ knew they were saved, the Bible says that He still didn't put His trust in them. He didn't commit Himself to them. I I want you to just look at one last thing and we'll be done, okay? Look at verse... Go back to John chapter number 2. And we've already kind of talked about it, but I just want you to see it again. And uh, look at verse 17. John chapter number 2 and look at verse 17. John chapter number 2 and 17, the Bible says, And his disciples remembered that it was written, The zeal of thine house hath eaten me up. Now, do you remember, what have we been talking about this whole time? the house of God, right? What was the house of God? The temple. That physical temple was the house of God in the Old Testament and the New Testament. For a New Testament believer, our bodies are the temple and our body is the house of God and our church is the house of God. And look at this. The Bible says that for Jesus Christ, the zeal of thine house hath eaten me up. He cares so much about the house of God. He cares so much about the temple of God that He allowed Himself to just get enraged. I want you to listen to me. You should not... Be this type of person who just gets angry all the time and gets mad and just gets mad for any little reason. But let me tell you something. The Bible says your temple is the house of God. And when when somebody remember they were defiling the temple of God because they were selling in the in the house in, in his house? Your temple's the house your body's the temple of God. And if somebody wants to get you to sin in your temple, or somebody wants to get you to do something that goes against God's word in your temple, or somebody wants to get you to do something unholy in your temple, that is your one excuse when you can just throw a fit. When you can just get mad, when you can just get angry. And let me tell you something, if somebody ever tries to get you to do something wrong in your temple, in the house of God, when you've got the Holy Spirit of God, look, if I were you, I'd take the excuse and I'd start turning over tables, I'd start grabbing chairs and throwing them, I'd just start throwing a fit. You need, if you need to understand what I'm talking about, let me give you some examples. If somebody tries to give you alcohol, you start throwing a fit. Somebody tries to give you drugs, or try to tell you to do drugs. Somebody tries to give you something that maybe you shouldn't be looking at, or something you shouldn't be reading, or something you shouldn't be listening to. Somebody tells you, if, if you're ever at school, and somebody says, Hey, l- listen to this cool rap song, it's really cool, and they want you to listen to it. At that time, I would just grab a chair, throw it on the ground, and just get angry, and say, Get away from me! I'm serious! And look, if your mommy gets mad, tell them to come see Pastor Jimenez, and I will show her from the Bible how that's what the Bible says. So when you're at school, because it's going to happen, and somebody tries to bring you a little CD, and says, or an iPod, and says, listen, listen to this, this is really cool music. I'm telling you, you have Pastor Roger Jimenez tell your teacher to just call me. I will let her know you have my permission to go grab a chair and just throw it on the ground and just drive them out. Because the Bible says that Jesus Christ, when they messed with the house of God, the zeal of Land House overtook him. I'm telling you the truth. Let me tell you something. One of these days, someone's gonna offer you drugs. And when they offer you drugs, or they offer you alcohol, or they offer you whatever they want to offer you, you just get angry. If if you have a milk in your hand, you throw it at them. I'm not even joking. Seriously, just get mad. Don't get don't get mad for stupid things. Don't be fighting for stupid things. But if somebody's trying to defile the temple of God, you just get angry, you just get mad, you throw whatever you've got, you turn whatever table you've got, and you just run them out. Because your temple is is where the Holy Spirit of God lives. And that's the kind of Christian you should be. So let's have a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you Lord so much.